People who are going to thrive at CoreForce are the ones who are team players, the ones who are willing to go above and beyond, the ones who take upon, if you tell them go do A, B, C, they do D and E, um, who kind of look at the big picture. You've got to be mission focused. Like I said, we do military medicine. And the mission is sometimes keeping that hospital running. You know, the network can't go down. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Hello to all of you and the wonderful podcast listeners. I'm Kathleen, and it's a great day here in podcast world with the best co-hosts in the world, Rachel. Well, hello, and I didn't even pay her to say that. <laughs> Today, we are talking with the one and only Jess Mathias, who is the Director of Talent Acquisition at CoreForce. Welcome, Jess. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great to always see you, Jess. Uh, it's always nice to see you. This is, I think, the first time that we've met virtually. Most of the times we've met in person at our job fairs. Actually, we just saw each other two weeks ago in St. Louis. I think we've seen each other at many, many different job fairs out there. Your team is always on the road. But I understand CoreForce is a fairly new company, and you joined just about a year ago. Share with us sort of your background, journey to CoreForce and maybe a little bit more about the company. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I started a little bit over a year ago. Um, my journey is I've got about, oh gosh, 11, 12 years of recruiting in the cleared space. What brought me to CoreForce was I was really feeling ready to take my next step in the career. You know, I really wanted to move into the director role, really take recruiting, you know, talent acquisition by the helm and just really run with it. And I was aware of this company and saw the job description, really started doing some research, dug into the leadership team. I was very impressed with everything that I saw and read and said, you know what, let me, um, let me just take a leap of faith and put my application in. And I did. And now here I am today. And it's just been a fabulous journey so far. And one that I'm very excited that I, I decided to, to go for it. And, you know, CoreForce, we, you know, you're right. It's a fairly newer company. Pre, uh, COVID is about when it was founded. And we've just experienced a lot of growth, um, over the past, you know, two, three years. And, you know, we're obviously a DOD contractor. Uh, a lot of what we specialize in is IT within the um, military medicine space. Um, we also have a dedicated IC community that we can't talk about. They don't technically exist, but maybe they kind of do. But we're not allowed to say the three-letter agencies that they work for and support. That was smooth, kind of buttery even. I like it. I like the way you took us there. So I know you can't talk about all of the positions, but could you tell us a little bit about some of the cleared positions that you are recruiting for and then where are they located? Yeah, we have a mix. So 
For the positions that um, are remote, we do offer remote positions and hold clearances, which is, I know, kind of rare. Um, but we have networking opportunities. We have cybersecurity. We have RMF opportunities. We have, um, you know, obviously, like I said, the intelligence community. So the intelligence community, they're going to be in the D.C. area because they do have to go on site uh, because they are working in those super secret uh, classified environments. And then our other location where it's going to be some more on site is going to be in our Charleston, South Carolina location. And we have an HBSS administrator. Most of those are more of your hybrid environments. Um, we also have a deployment network technician that you just have to be within three to f about three hours driving distance to Charleston because they do have to occasionally go into the office. So because remote is the cool thing these days, right? Everybody wants to talk about remote. What kind of skill sets? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but could you dig a little bit deeper into those particular skill sets that you're looking for for those remote opportunities? Yeah, the remote opportunities that we've seen the most of um, over the past year is going to be, like I said, your network administrators, your network engineers, um, your RMF kind of doing the cyber policy uh, side of Cyber, you're also going to, we've seen actually help desk and desktop support because a lot of those are going to be on the phone anyway. So we've seen just kind of the whole like gamut because I think COVID kind of taught us that people do work well remotely. And I think a lot of our government customers have said, well, we don't want to go back into the office either. So, you know, we've seen change come from them as well. And just a little bit more acceptance of remote work is okay. You know, I think that sometimes it gets a bad stigma of you don't get anything done. All you're doing is laundry or, but I find that um, a lot of times remote work, you actually get more done. I, I definitely agree that you get a lot more done. But what I want to dive into a little bit, if you can, is Core Force started relatively around the same time as COVID. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, everyone was going remote and hybrid and such. Did you find that your customers were offering you the remote or were you as a team sort of helping them through this transition of, hey, you know, people don't really need to be in the office? Because I think that you're really one of the leaders in that. Mm -hmm. And it'd be really great to share with our listeners how that process happened. I think it goes back to having um, our team has really spectacular relationships with our customers, with our government customers, and they have very frank, open, honest conversations about what is working, what isn't working. And so, you know, sometimes the customer came to us and said, hey, this is what it needs to look like. Other times the team has really walked the customer through it to say, this is how we can do it, you know, and given them the, the guidance in getting it done. And then I think our, you know, our past performance, once you prove it can be done and, you know, they're suddenly seeing that maybe there's a spike and in increase in productivity, they go, oh, okay, remote does work. So just sort of uh, summarizing all of this, you have some remote positions that are 100% remote, mm -hmm. you have some that are hybrid, and then you have some that you have to be within three hours of Charleston. Am I correct yes. on that? That's right. 
Okay. So when a cleared professional is looking for a new role, one of the most important considerations is culture. And does that culture provide the right environment for them to excel? And I really like how over the last 10, 20 years that I've been doing this, the culture is more than just a sort of patch that we put, you know, in the the website. It's actually something that really is what we talk about. So how would you describe Core Force's culture? It's one that's very important to us. Uh, we call ourselves a family um, because we spend a lot of time together. So we call ourselves the Core Force family. We care. We care more um, than employees, just a number. We want employees to feel connected to each other. You know, beyond just the mission of supporting the government customer, we want them to feel connected to core force. We want them to feel connected to their peers, to their program managers. So we've worked really hard to create a culture of being open and inviting. And so and we, what we're really wanting to do is to get people to connect across other realms that they wouldn't necessarily connect. Um, so like you support one customer, uh, you, you might not have a lot of, you know, conversation with someone outside of your group. So what we've done is we've started creating um, monthly socials um, where we get together and um, go like last week I was in San Antonio and we did a, a happy hour where we played pickleball. Um, and it got together people that don't normally talk to each other. We are starting to become really active on Yammer, which is, you know, a Microsoft product where it's very similar, I would say, to Facebook and connecting across different interests. Like, I'm very active in the pets section. Um, we have a travel section. We have foodie. We, um, right now we're doing, we just launched last Friday a fitness challenge. So everyone is like really trying to get points and, and be the top, you know, competitor. So we're really trying to like give our employees different ways to connect with people outside of, you know, your normal team that you might interact with. That sounds really amazing. Um, when I'm here at Clear Jobs, it's the first time I've been part of a, a family. I've always worked with really large organizations, and you're right. It's really hard to connect when you just have so many silos going on. So when we talk about the culture, we, we look at a lot of cleared professionals coming into new companies, and you definitely see sort of a person who's going to thrive in an environment, and you also see other people who might stumble. So can you sort of distinguish who you think will thrive at CoreForce and who might have sort of a square peg in a round hole kind of scenario? You know, people who are going to thrive at CoreForce are the ones who are team players, um, the ones who are willing to go above and beyond, the ones who take upon, if you tell them, go do A, B, C, they do D and E, um, who kind of look at the big picture of and outside of not just their slice of the pie. You know, uh, you've got to be mission focused because we're supporting a lot of uh, you know, like I said, we do military medicine and the mission is sometimes keeping that hospital running. You know, the network can't go down because if a network goes down in a hospital, 
that's not a great thing. Like it could be as simple as a printer not working. And so therefore it can't, you know, print out and, you know, surgery recovery instructions, you know, it's like little things like that. So you need to be understanding that it's the mission. You know, IT is 24 seven. It doesn't stop at five o'clock. So people who are going to stumble are the ones that are like, not my job, not my day. You got to kind of check your ego at the door sometimes because there's some really smart people in the DOD. And, you know, if you think that you're the smartest, that's not the right attitude to have. I love it. And something you mentioned uh, struck a chord, but not as much as your shirt did. So you talked about working nine to five and I see you are, you have my, one of my role models in life, Dolly Parton, who does work nine to five. So Dolly, while she would thrive everywhere else, maybe not so much if she only wants to work nine to five. So love it, love it, love it, love it. But something else that you kind of shared with the team on the impression call was a little bit more about what the company does to really make that first impression more of a personal touch. And you've talked about everything from happy hours to pickleball, but we know it starts with your CEO. And, you know, that's just incredible for folks that are coming in, but especially cleared candidates to really just feel like, hey, this is family, right? This is not just my career, my job, but this is somewhere where I'm going to spend as many hours here as I do with my, you know, yeah. blood family and direct family there. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Jack, uh, Jack Wilmer, our CEO, he's one of the most accessible CEOs I have ever run across. Um, he's, he's very laid back, very approachable. Um, he actually conducts, uh, quarterly town hall meetings, um, where he gives kind of the state of affairs of what's going on in the company, what's upcoming, gives opportunity, uh, for people, you know, for our employees to ask him questions. Um, and his, you know, mindset is, Hey, you want to talk? Let's talk. Uh, and he, like I said, he's just very accessible and he, um, culture is very important to him and it really does come all the way down from the top and you know just that open communication style that he has and that he really supports the company culture it, it comes across like in spades I find it simple yet forward thinking I understand that you actually had an employee focus group discussion to get feedback on which benefits were more important to your staff. And then you implemented some of their recommendations. Can you share us a little bit more about that story? Yeah. So the beginning of this year, we created a benefit uh, survey group where we, first thing we did was we um, surveyed all the employees. And from there, we um, got a group together to really focus on what was important. Um, it was set up as a sounding board going into our 2023 um, renewal and discussions and to set those benefits specifically because like we know that insurance costs are rising and we might have to make some minor plan changes. And if we're going to have to really consider making, you know, some minor changes, what are 
the ones that impact our employees the most? What is it that they consider and care about the most? Is it a Cadillac plan? Is it, you know, a high cost deductible? Um, you know, so we want to get feedback on those so that we can choose the best option moving forward. And then we also set it up to explore voluntary benefits that they might value so that we can provide, you know, um, the best benefits, you know, like we offer pet insurance, for example. What are the other things that we can, you know, add to our employees' life? Because as we know, benefits are such a huge thing, as well as that, you know, lifestyle balance and, you know, benefits kind of really does play a big role in that. I wish I had pet insurance. (laughs) Yes, it's nice. does help. It does help, especially when they eat rocks. Yes. <laughs> Can you share with us some of the stumbles or big boo-boos you've seen job seekers make in your recruiting career? And we ask this is not just to, you know, make ha-ha about people, but more... I think that people don't understand some of their behaviors or actions that they do have an impact on their overall job search. So we're doing it to sort of share, hey, you know, you might not want to do this. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things is um, be respectful of recruiters. You know, we're doing a job. We're in the business of people. And I know anyone can look on LinkedIn and you see all the negative, you know, information out there about recruiters. And I can tell you that there's some really great ones out there that do not treat you, um, you know, as a number um, or you that you'll go in the black hole. But uh, specifically, one example that I have is uh, uh, one of my first uh, phone calls in my career. I will never forget this one. Uh, so I was interviewing someone and they were going to be working kind of like in a kind of like a help desk type environment. So phone skills, very important. Um, and so the individual suddenly stops talking to me for about five minutes because her grandchildren came in um, from school. Didn't tell me, hold on, anything like that. Just completely ignored me completely ignored me for about five minutes. And so obviously, um, didn't get the job. Um, at that time, you know, you know, I notified her that, you know, thanks, but you know, we're moving forward with other candidates at this time. And I promptly got a phone call back, uh, yelling at me, asking me why. And I used that opportunity to kind of spin it to say, hey, you know, if you're looking for a phone call based uh, job, don't stop talking to me, you know, give me a heads up. You know, things happen, you know, kids come in, you know, the dog starts barking, just, you know, and especially in these times with COVID where everything went so virtual, you know, we, we almost expect it, but just say, hey, Give me about five, give me a couple minutes, you know, and I'll come back. So that, that was a big one, um, that, you know, I'll never forget. Definitely being rude with a recruiter won't get you anywhere. Um, we've got memories like elephants. Well, not only do we have memories like elephants, we also have networks. Absolutely. And, you know, job seekers don't realize that networks between recruiters are really important. We end up uh, sharing information about uh, good candidates and bad candidates. We were doing so much in the way of virtual job fairs and phone calls and such, but... Fortunately, this year, as you well know, we're doing more in-person events, which it is so much fun to be back in the community and having face-to-face. So 
as people are coming back into job fairs, any hints on how people can be really successful at a job fair? Go up to every single booth and ask questions. Um, You know, because I think a lot of times your your main draws at a uh, job fair are going to be your larger name companies. You know, you might be shooting yourself in the foot if you aren't talking to some of the smaller companies because everyone's running to those booths. Make yourself stand out. Go to another booth. And the other thing to consider is that the openings that we have right now, they change every day, sometimes by the minute. So we might not have something for you right now, but if you make a really good impression with us, we are going to remember you. Um, so we we love connecting with people face-to-face. Um, so go talk to everyone. And I, and I think that that's something that I always tell people, especially our transitioning military folks. They're used to military-based job fairs and they are comfortable there, but then they come out and they do like our cleared job fairs. And it's part of your branding to be there at a job fair and to talk to everyone. But as you said, you know, you have so many different positions that are constantly rolling around. What you're recruiting for today is not what you're going to be recruiting for in six months. So job seekers, you go to a job fair, you've invested the time, you've put on the business attire, you've gotten over your anxiety of getting there. Be sure you talk to everyone and learn about every single company that is there and what they're hiring for. So you have shared so much great wisdom with us. I know you're helping the listeners out there. So since you've, you know, such a good friend to all of us now, how in the heck can they get a hold of you if they have questions or want to talk more about careers with CoreForce? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different ways. Um, number one, LinkedIn. Let's connect. Um, from there, you know, you can uh, do our general careers. Um, on, find that on our website. Um, but those are two two big ways you can get in touch with us. You'll find us. Look for CoreForce. We're there. Kathleen, that was so much fun talking to Jess. I always love people that have great taste in music. They love talking about recruiting. But something that really caught my attention when we were talking to Jess was just the humanity of what CoreForce is doing, that it's so important to have that phone call, that personal touch, and and not just become the recruiter behind the email, but really kind of your advocate in your career. So I just, I loved hearing about what they're doing, all of the different opportunities, and that they're you know, really kind of at the forefront of this whole remote work. I don't know why I want to make it remote, but it just feels better in my soul to call it remote work. (laughs) You always spice things up for us, Rachel. So what I really liked about talking with Jess Mathias from CoreForce is they talk about the culture and the culture really starts with their CEO, which is amazing. Then that their culture also that they realize that people are more than their work. And so they're doing a lot of things to support them outside. And I really found it very fascinating that they did the benefits uh, focus group, which really sort of had the employees put out there exactly which benefits were important to them so that when CoreForce went into making the benefits budget decisions, they knew what was important to their employees, not necessarily what was important to the bottom line of the company. What a great idea. Just listen to your employees. So refreshing. So wonderful. 
Thank you, friends, for spending a little bit of time with us today. Hopefully you learned something, you smiled, maybe even laughed. We appreciate you. So don't forget to get out there and subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Until we meet again, be safe out there, friends.